Let me invite you, if you have your Bibles with you this morning, to open your open them to the book of First Thessalonians, chapter number five. First Thessalonians, chapter five, and I'm going to begin reading in verse number twelve. We ask you, brothers, to respect those who labor among you and who are over you in the Lord and admonish you. To esteem them very highly in love because of their work, be at peace among yourselves. And we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all, see that no one repays evil or see that no one repays anyone evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And with that, let's, uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for uh, your grace to us. Just thank you for uh, how you provide all things that we need for life and godliness so richly and freely. Uh, in our blessed Savior, Jesus Christ. We pray that you'd use uh, these thoughts and your word this morning to encourage us and to equip us to uh, live out our faith this week and to rest in who you are and what you've done for us. And we ask these things in Christ's name. Amen and amen. Well, our text this morning is fitting, considering where we're at uh, this week and facing... uh, our preparations for Thanksgiving as uh, we look at this national holiday that's set aside and uh, in our country to give thanks and eat turkey and all the other stuff that we get involved in. And it's not my intention this morning to consider the history of, of Thanksgiving in our country, uh, although I do um, and am persuaded that, uh, that it is a celebration of God's faithfulness and his goodness and provision and is something that we need to continually uh, continually do, whether it's a holiday or whether not. Now, we've been walking through 1 Thessalonians uh, as a church and uh, looking at it verse by verse, section by section, and we get to this place where we have these three commands in verse 16 through verse 18 uh, of what God's intent for us is as we are to Rejoice always and pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And so as we prepare for Thanksgiving this week, we're reminded that it is something that God calls us to embody and to possess all year long. We are to be a thankful, thankful people. Some of you may recall the old Christmas movie of Scrooge where his repentance is seen and that he will embody the spirit of Christmas all year long. Well, in some ways, we are as Christians to embody this command of giving thanks in all circumstances uh, day in and day out of our lives. We're familiar with the notion of thankfulness and the lack of it in our culture. I know in our generation and, and other generations, we lament the ungratefulness that we see in the world around us. Uh, we look at and, and speak about um, society and those in society marked by this kind of word we use often of entitlement, that everything is owed to someone and, uh, and we, whatever it is that we receive, we receive our just rewards or what we deserve. 
uh, in that way. Uh, and that is just not true. Uh, and my very principle of it. But it's not a modern day problem. Uh, it is something the Bible says that is uh, part of our human nature. In Romans, we read in chapter number 1 that uh, God is the creator of the world and all that is in it. Genesis, the Bible uh, calls us back to that, uh, that great doctrine of God's creation. Uh, and that means the trees, the birds, and us, including us, are all here by God's design, by his creation. And despite our modern trends to try to marry evolution and the Bible together in some kind of weird compatibility, they are incompatible. Uh, we can't hold that evolution and the progressiveness of it in that sense uh, while we hold that uh, same biblical teaching that we are created by God with a design and purpose uh, from a wise creator. Colossians teaches us uh, that we are made and created and dependent upon Christ. He made us for himself uh, and he sustains all things uh, uh, by the power of his word. I think A.W. Tozer said it rightly when he said need is a creature word. We find ourselves dependent upon God and his grace who sustains us. The very breath in our body, the very uh, heart beating in our chest, in our substance, the Bible teaches us, is all owing and due from the fact that there is a God. Now, I know God uses means, as we describe laws of nature and other things, to sustain us. Yet, don't, don't dismiss the theological implications that it teaches us that it is by Christ we're created. It is for him that we're made in Colossians. And it is because him that we remain, that we are, we are upheld continually. But what does Roman teach us? Romans teach us in chapter number 1. It says, when the world, when they knew God... Verse number 21, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking and foolish hearts were darkened. So it says, uh, symptomatic of humanity and creation of mankind is that in the knowledge of God, and instead of honoring him for who he is, the God creator of all things, they were unthankful. It's amazing uh, description as you consider Romans chapter number one and the uh, the degrade of the human society, all marked by this ungratefulness or uh, this unthankfulness. Man knowing him, seeing the evidence of him all around him, rejects God and turns to the futility of idolatry, and that is at the very heart. They did not thank God. That's what Paul is saying here. Adam and Eve in the garden didn't thank God for the abundance of blessings. Rather, through their temptation, they looked as God as one holding out on them, uh, withholding good from them, not as benevolent uh, Lord that he was. They sought their own way, and we still do that today. Paul tells us in Timothy, 2 Timothy 3 that uh, one of the marks of this end age will be ungratefulness. Why? Well, he begins that section in chapter number 3 because we will be lovers of our own selves. But here Paul calls us back in 1 Thessalonians to, to go counter culture. Uh, we're called not to live as the world lives in their ingratitude towards God, but we're to live in such a way as we're to give thanks in all circumstances uh, we are to thank God. 
Our text reminds us in verse number 18, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. This is God's will, that we live in a state of giving thanks continually. And it isn't just here in Thanksgiving. It is in the other uh, commands given to us in verse 16 and 17. We're to live in a state of rejoicing always. We've looked at that a couple of weeks ago, last week, looking at uh, the reality that we're pray. Uh, to pray without ceasing. So this is something we continue to to do. This is God's will and how we should live. Now, I know there's many things when we look at the Word of God that is dependent uh, or conditioned on on where you're at, what season you're in, uh, whether you're married or not married, those things like that. So some of the Word of God just just meets us where we are in life. And so God speaks to us and instructs us in those situations. But here's one of these one-size-fits-all doesn't matter whether you're a young person uh, uh, in, in, or whether you're a very uh, older person or, or a senior saint in the Lord. We are, we are all commanded to give thanks to God continually. It's laid out plainly for us in his word that we're to um, keep rejoicing, pray always, and to give thanks. It is so comforting to know as we as we tend to consider what the will of God is and that great mystery that kind of is surrounded by it, yet God plainly speaks to us often through his word. We read back in chapter number four, his will for us is our sanctification and his will for us is to be a thankful, grateful people. And, the, uh, and really as you look at these in verses 16 through 18, you see how interwoven they are with each other. As we rejoice always, we're praying without ceasing, casting our burdens on him. And as we go to the Lord in prayer, we're to pray with thankful hearts. Now, I want to look this morning, just in our time together, at the foundation of our thanksgiving. And then we'll look at the frequency of it. And I'll close with a few exhortations, Lord willing. Uh, notice with me verse number 18, the foundation of our thanksgiving. Paul just simply says to us, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And he doesn't explicitly say who we are to give thanks to. Uh, now, I, I am suggesting that Paul is not saying that we just be a thankful person or we just feel thankful in the generic sense, as if someone to say to you or ask you the question, how are you feeling today? And you might say, brother, I feel blessed or sister, I feel blessed. And, and we may follow up with that. What does that mean? You feel blessed. Does it just mean that you have a sense of, of feeling everything's going well or right, or, or you just have a good feeling? What does that mean? Well, naturally what we mean by that is something more than just feeling blessed or feeling thankful. Uh, and so when we read this, Paul doesn't, he doesn't uh, tell us exactly here, but he does imply both by his own example and by what the water, Word of God teaches. It isn't just that we are feeling thankful. There's a direction which he is pointing us to. We're, we're meant to give thanks in, in a certain fashion or in a certain way. Now, you do this on occasion when someone in your family, maybe it's a child or, or another loved one that has helped you out in hard times or been an encouragement or a tremendous blessing, you give thanks to them. And so the direction in which you give thanks is, or the object is that person, or maybe it's a neighbor that you hardly know that did 
in some act of kindness uh, help you in some fashion. You, you have a sense of gratitude or thankful towards that person. Uh, well, it might be your parents or some other person in your life that you have this sense of, of feeling. Here, uh, it is in this foundation, Paul points us by his own example to God himself. Now, in every one of Paul letter, Paul's letters, he, he gives us this um, he gives us this pattern in his own life. We're not going to look at at everywhere Paul has uh, given thanks or he speaks about Thanksgiving. Just want to go back in several different places here in First Thessalonians. Back in chapter number one, he says in verse number two, "We give thanks to God always for all of you, constantly mentioning you in our prayers." So his his thought of them, his recognition of them, as he begins to speak to them, he says, I thank God for you. He goes on in verse number 13 of chapter number 2, and he says, we also thank God continually or constantly for this, namely that when you receive the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of men, but as what it really is, the word of God, which is at work in you believers. So again, he's pointing us to the substance or, or the foundation of our thankfulness or, or who we're to give thanksgiving to, and that is found in God himself. Verse number 9 of chapter number 3, again, he says, For what thanksgiving can we return to God for you for all the joy that we feel for your sakes before our God? Over and over by his example, he's leading us to uh, to express our thankfulness or our gratitude towards God for their salvation in chapter number one, for the way they received the word of God in chapter number two, for their perseverance and steadfastness in trials and tribulations in chapter number three, constantly going back, reminding us that these good events and gifts in life are given to us from the hand of God himself. He is thanking God for these Things underlying our thankfulness is our faith, our belief about God, our relationship to Him, and what He has done for us. One well known Christian writer said this to praise God is to praise Him for His attributes, who He is, and His person. But to give thanks is to praise Him for His work and what He has done for us through Christ Jesus. And so I think you see that in the example of the Apostle Paul as he challenges us, that we are to give thanks uh, for what he has done for us and how he has worked in the church. The same thing is true today. Our foundation of thanksgiving is rooted in, uh, in God and what he has done. Let me give you just a few little things that, that go with that or, or what this implies for us. One, thanksgiving is an act of humility. It's an act of humility that we have received from God and we acknowledge that we have received from God uh, good, something that we haven't deserved. It is the recipient uh, or being the recipient of God's grace and his goodness towards us. And I was in the military, uh, seems like a lifetime ago, but uh, I remember being in basic training and the guy, uh, drill sergeant, hands me an earplug case. It was just an earplug case. And he handed it to me as he was passing these out and said my name. I received it and said, thank you. Well, I did not know you weren't supposed to do that. And the guy corrected me very sternly and for the next hour, uh, reminding me that he didn't give me anything. 
It was the military that gave it to me, and, and, and it was not by his gratitude that I received that earplug case. It was a very embarrassing, hard moment. But there is something in this life, going back to the mentality, even in, in our lost condition, that we don't recognize the goodness and, and we don't acknowledge the gift that God gives us, the very life, the breath that he gives us, and all the sustaining grace that he provides for us. And yet what we do as we come before God, living with thanksgiving and giving thanks to him, we acknowledge these good things that come from his His hand. Not things that we've deserved and we earned and uh, and and we could have made it our own way, but we acknowledge the goodness of God, and and that is an act of humility. In that uh, sense, it's also an act of worship. It's an act of worship, but also not only is it an act of humility, an act of worship. It's a declaration of God's goodness towards us. James teaches us in James chapter number one, verse number seventeen, that every good and perfect gift comes from above. And from the Father of lights, in whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. He is acknowledging to the believers, James is, and to us, that we, we come and realize that every good and perfect gift comes from God. We're giving thanks to him who gives richly and freely to us. Our praise of thanksgiving is fitting. Not in just a recognition that God is but that he is good and we receive good from his hand. And quite honestly, no one can consider what the gospel declares for us through Jesus Christ, the forgiveness of our sin, the gift of eternal life, and wonder if God is good. There's a lot of people in this world that study their Bibles with their eyes closed. They're blinded to the reality of Christ and the gospel. Uh, Even worse, there's a lot of other men and women who... Uh, with their own bent, twist God into some kind of mischaracter. But if you could see plainly what the Word of God says in the gift of His Son, none of us can doubt the goodness of God. Remember that Scripture tells us that Christ is God with us. And is it beholding this gift of of Jesus, this this Christ becoming flesh, sharing in our, our likeness, sharing in our suffering and, and being the source of our deliverance that we answer the question, what is God's intention towards us? What is his thought as he considers his creation of humanity? Well, we see it in the embrace of love and the very fact that he comes towards us. I can't remember who said it at one time, but they said this, that Uh, He became like us, speaking of Christ, so that we might find him easily. We find the good intention of God. It is a declaration as we give thanks to God of his goodness towards us as we find in Jesus Christ. What a thing to thank and praise him for, that gift of a mediator and a savior that we have in Christ. Thirdly, not only is it a declaration of, of God's goodness towards us, but it is also a declaration of God's fatherly care over our lives. So here he commands us to give thanks to God, and at the foundation we're declaring uh, the goodness of God in his continual care, not just for our salvation and eternal benefit and happiness in heaven with him, but also in our continual day in and day out lives, because God doesn't change. That's what he says in James, right? There is no variation or shadow due to change. It's, 
It's that imagery that he's using to say there's no degree. There's no shifting whatsoever in God. He is consistently, if he is good, he is always good. That's something we need to remind ourselves and in everything that we face in this life. He sustains us continually, bringing into our lives those things which he has promised would not only be under his sovereign hand, but also to serve us in conforming us into the image of Christ. And that's a great promise that he has in Romans 8 and 28. We give thanks to God for what he does and how he cares for our life and his wisdom, knowing that he works all things together for the good of those who love God and who are called according to his purpose. We rejoice in God this year. At this time and on all the awkward circumstances that we find ourselves because of his continual good care for us and his working all things out for the good that those who love him are called according to his purpose. As we might say in Romans 8 and 28 and 29 for his glory and for our good. But I want to also look at not only the foundation of our thanksgiving but also the frequency of it. He says it here in the verse in verse number 16, 17, and 18, in the very tense of it, is this continual pattern. or to continually rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and give thanks in all circumstances. Now, we know that, that just in the language being used here, there is this continual uh, uh, calling us on or, or prodding us on, as it, as it were, in the sense of how we're to live this life. Continually, in all situations, this repetition that is found were to be rejoicing, praying, and giving thanks. Now, I thought this past week, for whatever reason, about how easy it is we glory in the goodness of God when things are going well, when we are healthy and uh, and things are kind of going our way and we're being protected by, from sickness, those things like that. And, and really, our area uh, here has been uh, blessed by God, uh, even from the spring, not to feel the the kind of repercussions and things going on in the world around us. And as we are slowly seeing the implications of that um, right now, and yet it's easy in those moments to praise God for his goodness, to rejoice in, in how God has blessed us and those things flow over. And I would say that we ought to give thanks to God in moments like that. Uh, I read in the book of Acts, there was persecution. And yet in the midst of that, the Bible says throughout there in several different places that he gave the church rest from their trouble and, and they grew and, and the Lord was with them. And so likewise, in our own life, God gives us a, a season of rest. And, and there is those good things that go on that God gives to us. And yet, do we still consider that same goodness of God and still boast in that same fashion when things are not so pleasant? When you get sick and, and when things don't go our way, when things are really bad from our point of view. Well, the Bible is telling us here, if we just take it face value in verse number 18, we're to give thanks in all circumstances, past, present, future. Uh, in the book of 1 Thessalonians, you give thanks for their past salvation, as Paul did. Give thanks for their uh, sanctification. This is God's will for you, that you are sanctified. Praise God for what he's doing in your life, even in our life, as we consider trials and things that we face, part of that is, is him conforming us to the image of Christ. And we thank God for that work. We don't thank God for the trials and the pain, but we thank him for the work he's accomplishing. We, we thank him for the glory which we anticipate and that he's promised for us. 
Here he is calling us to a well-rounded life, our daily provision, grace for the moment. All of this is meant to be met with thanksgiving to God. We consider even this passage that's in front of us is given uh, uh, during a time of persecution. Everything was not well in Thessalonica. They were facing persecution. Paul had preached that you would, you would be persecuted, and immediately, it's not like we do here in America, it's like we never know what we're going to face in, in the days ahead as a church, as a Christian. At some point, it, it will be real, I think, that we will have to count the costs of what it means to follow Christ. I was reading uh, a book on the Marian martyrs and just seeing how... Um, these men stood for their faith in Jesus Christ. It may come here, but, but it wasn't speculation when we look at this letter in Thessalonica. They were facing the persecution uh, of their world and the society around them, those who rejected them. Yet in the midst of this, Paul is telling them to give thanks to God. Don't lose that heart of gratitude for what God has done, that worshipful heart as we see embracing all three of these elements. Give thanks to God. Paul himself writing from Ephesians who gives thanks to God and calls for the same in his readers two or three times throughout the book of Ephesians. To put it another way, you're to give thanks when you eat steak and you're to give thanks when you eat ramen noodles. Both of all which should bring us to a place to rejoice and thank God. Now some of you might like ramen noodles as much as you do steak, so I hope you get the point I'm trying to make here uh, of what we're saying. We're to thank God in all circumstances. How are we to do this and why are we to do this? Because God is unchanging. God is unchanging. He does not cease being, uh, being good during times of pandemic. He does not cease to work within our lives and conforming us into the image of his son so we can be thankful in tribulation and joy. Again, working out both for his glory and for our good, all that comes in our life from his sovereign and we give thanks to God. Now let me just kind of uh, muse over the question, what about my lack of gratitude? We are to give thanks, but what about my lack of gratitude? Uh, as we see a great example of this in 1 Corinthians 10, as he recounts the story of the children of Israel in their wilderness wandering, part of what God judges them for, the book of Exodus, as you read through there, is their murmuring and complaining. I don't know if you've ever been guilty of either one of those, but uh, I, I would dare say that, that some of us have uh, fell into that trap, murmuring and complaining. They're in gratitude. God brings them out in great deliverance. They, they come to one place. They murmur to Moses, why did you bring us out here to die? We have no water. We have no food. And constantly for 40 years, Moses hears this kind of nagging and tearing away at him in the wilderness, displaying this kind of, lack of gratitude in the life of the children of Israel. And it can be found in our lives as well. So I just listed a few things that, that tend to lead us in that direction. First is we're unhappy with God's providence, unhappy with God's providence in our lives. We find it hard really to square up with where we're at in life how God's leading us and what God brings into our life. Difficulties of unanswered prayers can leave us feeling Stuck or unheard uh, from God, and so we're, we're, we 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 have to deal with that. 
And many times, instead of trusting God and resting in his sovereignty and his goodness in our life and knowing where we are and, and knowing what's going on and, and really knowing what we need in our life to conform us to the image of Christ, instead of embracing those things, we, we have that uneasiness or that unhappiness with God. So instead of, in, as the old, old saying goes, instead of getting better and resting and trusting in God, we become bitter. We live in an un ungrateful fashion our love and our affection for god um, is lost we lose gratitude because we lose sight of those blessings and gifts god gives to us and maybe you are wrestling that in your own life or know others people in your family who are are wrestling living in kind of a bitterness because they're just unhappy with how god's uh, working in their life and what god's doing in their life uh, that is a sure way of of living in an unthankful fashion, living without peace and joy, living without um, without resting in the wisdom and care that God has. A second one would be living with unmet expectations, very similar to what we just said. We thought we should be in a better place. This attitude, if you don't come through for me, God, and, and do what I ask you, uh, and this all works out the way I want, well, I just quit. Or, or whatever it is. Hey, you know, when you say stuff like that, it just sounds kind of childish, doesn't it? And yet there are those feelings we face as we, we wake up and realize we didn't expect ourselves to be where we, where we are. And so we, we lose that joy and that, that rejoicing and that thankful spirit rejoicing in who God is. Uh, thirdly, I, I see the issue of not only unmet expectations, unhappy with God's providence in this life, but also comparing myself to other people. Comparing myself or you comparing yourself to other people. It could be as simple as covetousness. We live feeling like we would be better off or we would have it made or we would truly be blessed if we had the gifts or the talents that someone else had. Uh, I know often I say jokingly when I hear preachers can play the piano and sing and do all that and preach really good at the same time, I kind of feel overwhelmed like I got short end of the stick. Uh, but there is that in the Christian life. We can envy other people who are talented and gifted and in that loose side of God's blessing and his goodness in our own life. As we deal with comparing ourselves to other people, not only in giftedness, uh, but, but also in monetary possessions and other things, positions in this life, we feel, begin to feel like we deserve what they have. And so we're unhappy, unthankful until we receive it. And the truth is, it's an endless pursuit of, uh, in this life, it's an endless pursuit of covetousness. It's an endless pursuit of idolatry. It robs us of a thankful spirit instead of looking at what we do have as coming from the hand of a good God who loves us. Uh, we look at what other people have and try to find our worth and happiness and joy. And it's impossible. And, and the third thing I would say, or fourth thing I would say, not only the lack of gratitude is related to those comparing ourselves to other people, but also to rebellion and sin in our life. Rebellion and sin of our life. Because a lack of gratitude marks the unbeliever, it also becomes evident in the life of a Christian who is walking contrary to his faith. Unconfessed sin and idolatry is not thankful for God's provision in your life. Not thankful for his ways and his will for you. And, and, and what you do is you end up trying to gratify yourself and, and what you think you need in ways in which God is not condoned. In which ways God does not not um, allow us is 
contrary to his will. As we seek our satisfaction in that way, we live. Whether we acknowledge giving thanks to God or not, we live in an ungrateful, ungrateful manner. We live like the children of Israel wandering around in the wilderness murmuring and complaining. Someone was telling me in a conversation last night as we I was just kind of kicking these ideas around with him and and we were talking and he just kept, he just remarked at the end of it and he said, you know, as he thinks about the ways in which we deal with being ungrateful, really a lot of it boils back down to us losing sight of the eternal value which we have in God's blessings, that eternal perspective in this life. He said for him, as he considers the subject of ungratefulness and not not being satisfied with God's wisdom, his providence and these things that he gives us, he says most of it is because we're seeking for a temporary fix to an eternal problem or eternal blessings which he has promised us. And so let me just encourage you, Uh, This morning, as we consider the idea, the frequency of thanksgiving, we give God thanks in all things. And if you're dealing with any of those things in your life where you're dealing with ungratefulness because of whatever it may be in your life, uh, repent of that. And confess that even before God, that you that you have not trust him. You've not been resting in him. You've not received from his hand and, and, and rested in his goodness in your life. And, and you've not confessed it. Confess those things and begin praising God for what he has given for you and given to you. And begin with Christ and all the blessings you have in him. Let me just encourage you to do that uh, even today. Well... We looked at the foundation of our thankfulness. We looked at the frequency of it. And let me just uh, close with the fashion of thanksgiving. Again, I don't mean to make a law by this or say you have to do these three things, although I think you have three things listed down here. Uh, And this is what you have to do in order to give thanks in every circumstances. But it does bring back to mind Paul is calling for action. He's calling for us to be people who give thanks, not just feel thankful. Now, I don't mean to say that we should never feel thankful. We should feel thankful, especially when we come to understand what God has done for us richly and continues to do for us in this life. Uh, But here he is telling us that, that we are to be busy, be about giving thanks to God. When our feelings are overflowing with thankfulness, we thank God. When they need to catch up with our theology, our feelings need to catch up with our theology, we are to give thanks unto God. So let me just give you three ways I think uh, may help you. One, let us sing of the goodness and faithfulness of God. Now, I know we started this very promptly at 930, and we didn't begin with any singing, but it doesn't mean you don't have songs on uh, on some device or in your home. Rejoice and sing of the goodness of God. Give thanks to God through song. Lift up uh, the name of Christ and, and what he has done for us through song and let your heart rejoice and muse over his goodness uh, as you sing in song. Secondly, share with others. Take time. You know, this week is Thanksgiving. I know you're supposed to be limited with how many others you're supposed to share with, but but still we ought to give time to to share with others the goodness of God in your life, to to express that thankfulness to God. That's what Paul does beginning in Thessalonians three times we just read. I am continually thanking God 
And he gives these reasons why we're to thank God. I remember a song that used to uh, used to be sung uh, in Tennessee. I, I'm not sure if you're familiar with it or not. Maybe it used to say something along the lines of count your many blessings one by one. Now, that's all the song I know. I didn't bother looking it up. And yet there's something to that taking time this week to reflect on God's blessings in your life. Is this week different? Is, is Thanksgiving different maybe this year than it has been? Probably uh, for a lot of people. And yet we still come to recognize the goodness of God in our life, to to rejoice in who he is and to express our thankfulness and gratitude for his good, his good in our life. So take time to to share with others, write those things down, reflect on his work and his goodness in your life. And thirdly, I would say this, pray with thanksgiving. Pray with thanksgiving. That's what he says in Ephesians, that with, uh, we, we let our requests be known unto God with thanksgiving in Ephesians chapter number four. We're to pray, and we're to pray thankfully. I remember our men's Bible study, the last one we had in our prayer time at, at eight o'clock. Uh, as the men were praying, and, and I was the last one to pray, and as they were going around the room, I just wrote down nine uh, answers to prayers as I was considering the men that was in the room and way God answered since the time I'd been here over the past two years and just how God has been faithfully answering prayers and and so we are to pray not just pray with with our needs we're to do that we're to pray thankfully that he hears us uh, that he has made a way uh, to the father that we have a savior and we have an advocate and and that he answers our prayers I, I uh, recall another time when we were instructed to pray and confess our sins before God who is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And, and the guy said at the end of this kind of talk, when he was getting to the application, he says, and as you pray to God in those moments, thank him for hearing you and for cleansing you. And what a, what a dramatic difference that makes in our life. As we consider when we pray to God, does he hear or, or did he go anywhere? And we're reminded yesterday or last week that, that he hears our prayers and he answers. Because you pray. And so we don't only pray, we pray with, with thanksgiving. Pray that he hears us. Pray that he provides for us. And we give thanks to God. Let me just uh, close with a psalm. Psalms 100. You may want to turn there. Um, we are to give thanks in all seasons of life. We're to rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances. This is God's will for us in Christ Jesus. Psalms says this in Psalms 100, a psalm for giving thanks. Make a joyful noise to the Lord all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us. We are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his court with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name for the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. That's what he says. I want to just encourage you this week. Enter into this week with thanksgiving and Enter in next Sunday as we come and plan meeting together here uh, as a church.
next Sunday morning, enter into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and we will bless his name together. Let's pray. Father, we rejoice and are glad in who you are, what your word has taught us and what it continues to teach us about this life. Lord, we thank you for the season that we can be reminded even in the difficulty of the world around us, we are still and still have much to praise you for and give thanks for. Help us to be a grateful, thankful people. Oh, how we have received good at your hand. And I just pray that you would just remind us of that this week as we rejoice. What a time uh, in our lives, what a time in our church and a time in our community and a time in our world. We need to be reminded to be thankful. I just pray that you would do that work in us through your spirit as we reflect on these things. And God, I pray for those who are listening that don't know you, Lord, that they would come to know the goodness uh, that you have bestowed upon us through your son, that they would repent of their sins and put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Even now, an experience your goodness and your love towards us. In Jesus' name, amen.